Each one of us wants to feel loved. We seek a partner. We navigate dating introductions to hopefully find someone to share our lives with. We commit to a relationship and try to make it work. We fail. And we find the courage and energy to start over. We all want to be loved. We seek love. We find someone to love. Then what happens next? Searching online for the last date. Seeking the one. How is it that I'm in such a rush to find the next and last girlfriend? I say to them, I'm in no hurry, but I'm kind of lying. I'm not clear what the pressure is. Lust, passion, loneliness, but I am sure that rushing never helps. So I'm driving headlong towards the finish of this story, the off-parent. While I won't end being the off-parent, something about this blog, book, storyline has divorce and dating written all over it. If I really wasn't dating, and rather I was building my next marriage and thus not divorced, well, let's just say I'm both eager for the story to end and a little saddened by the closing chapters because it means there will be no more story. What's the story here? Divorce, kids, depression, dad, dating, relationships, over 40 or 50 or... hmm. Well, if I'm imagining that this next relationship is the last one, well, that too has its own kind of pressure. That, perhaps, is just as debilitating as the rushing of the process. What I know is this pause, getting off the online dating sites, has given me a bit more time to be quiet and listen to what's going on inside of me. Too much activity and interest outside my own process keeps me from listening very well to what's going on. I'm excited by both the potential woman in my life. I'm eager, but I'm trying to remain calm, collected, reflective. I'm doing my very best to listen when I would like to rush on and tell my side, my truth, my siren song. But I think I'm working too hard to call in the next lover, even in the potential relationships, landing one would mean letting go of the other. I was sharing the ideas of both women to a friend today. I showed their Facebook pages and pictures of each woman. My friend asked a few questions, and I answered as honestly as I could. But I found myself more drawn to one of the two women, because she is so classically beautiful. And of course, she's the one who's the least responsive to moving things along. No worries. My friend was asking me about each of them and their previous relationships and current approach to dating. Neither of them have been in a long-term close relationship for quite some time. Um, didn't that set off my alarm? It sure did when I said it today. Okay, so both of them are writers. Both of them have children from marriages that didn't work out. Both of them are beautiful and intelligent. And both of them admit to not making relationships a priority in their recent past. 
Okay. So another concept I should really start to understand about each of these women individually is their love language. If I know my love language is physical touch, how could I ever be fulfilled with someone who had some other priority? Would I always be longing for touch and this woman would be more interested in acts of kindness or just quality time together? And so, beautiful girl, she's been fine with not seeing each other for almost two weeks. If we get together tomorrow as we've tentatively planned, how's that going to work out for my touch needs? I know we're not dating yet. In both cases, we're chatting about dating and what we would want and what we don't want. But in the holding on loosely, I need to make sure I'm not loosening my own desires and my own knowledge that touchy-feely is one of my base needs. So I'm slowing down, and maybe I need to relax the idea of the last one a little. If it works out, like Girlfriend 1, where we are open and honest, Perhaps the next one lasts a year or more. But trying to hold that out as the goal and then allowing the pressures of my own desires to drive me towards a relationship that may not be right for me, it's a lot of pressure. And the last courting phase does have its magic. Simple things like the first time we kiss are still on the horizon. If this is the last one, then this is it. This is the last moment for that thrilling anticipation of something or someone new. Like the color of her panties each time I'm privileged enough to catch a glimpse of them. Maybe at some point take them off. When this act has lost its mystery, is that what makes men and women go back out on the hunt? I'm here with two different women. The pressure I feel is something internal that's not really serving me or this process of listening and learning about myself and what feels right. I long, I hunger, but those are not new feelings. When I jumped rabid at the kissing girl, perhaps I was showing some of the hollowness I'm feeling in my love life. It's been a long time since I shared my bed with someone. Girlfriend one was a master at filling those needs. We cuddled and slept together quite well, and as Kissing Girl introduced me to her bedroom, we talked about how cold and dark she liked the room. Nice. I was ready. And yet, if I had rushed that one, I would still be pulling myself out of the wreckage. So yesterday, when one of the women said she probably liked to take Friday to just chill rather than get together... I was a tiny bit disappointed, but more about my own awe desire. And when the other woman didn't call me back after saying she wanted to chat on the phone, I was hurt, but responded today with another ping that got a nice response and potential plans this weekend. I am out there. I am poised to listen more than talk. If I can remember to do it, and I'm seeking knowledge of their love language so I can understand how that part of the puzzle might fit together. It might sound cliche, but we didn't have such a simple system of compatibility back when I was meeting my ex for the first time around. Today, 
I know I am in desire of a touch-centered lover who is fearless in talking about emotions or tough subjects and who I find enduringly attractive. I have two of those qualities with two different women who are operating at their own pace. I do not know if they are touch-centered, if they have not been in close relationships for a while, perhaps they are not. And their low need for touch would prove painful and terminal to me in the long run. And the adore factor, the final ingredient, has not had time to grow with either of them. I think that is about time. Time together. Time managing complex lifestyles and complex work family lives. What I know is this time, tonight for example, gives me a pause to reflect and learn. A moment not in the throes of wooing or courting or impressing, but hearing what is painful inside of me at this moment. What I am missing. And today, in telling the story of both these women to my friend, knowing that I don't know their love language at all, pause. Thanks for listening to Love on the Air. This is John McElhenney, and I'll see you on The Whole Parent. Thank you.